Steve, you've already got me laughing because you you said that my list looks good for tonight's show, but you're the one who sent me the list of what we're going to talk about. You, I think I was cha- I think I was channeling my Darian, my inner Darian. How's that? That's terrifying. Well, I don't know how the list looked to you. It looks great. It's it's going to be a great show. There you we've go. Got, we've got a lot to to talk about. Um, you doing good? You, you full of turkey? Was your turkey good? Turkey was great. Even had some leftovers tonight. Skipped a couple of days and had it tonight now. So we're getting near the end again. Had the opportunity to order some mashed potatoes this today for a, and, and skip the mashed potatoes because I was like I I am full on mashed potatoes because <laughs> that is consistently what I've had for several minutes. All right. Anyways, uh, time to do this week's podcast. This week's podcast is called Stuff Summer Says with Steve. With Steve. Um, the list that Steve says that I sent him, even though he sent it to me, includes a recap of the Penn State Michigan State game, uh, some bull talk. I don't, I'm gonna let you lead that discussion. Um, and then what we are calling, what I am calling, what we've been a recurring segment on the podcast, Penn State Popery, I think is the best way to to sum that one up. And then uh, this week's old guy, young guy, as well, a little, little Black Friday, Cyber Monday theme. All right. You ready? Wow. Someday we get the potpourri and we could sell that on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Some stuff Summer says sachets or whatever they are. You I, Now you're blown. Mine's blown because you don't even know I knew those words. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. Um, do you what would this, what would the scent be? Oh. I don't know. Maybe we can let, let the people who actually okay. listen to this come up with a We can do that. Okay. It can be a question. All right. There we go. That's a good idea. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, I, I don't have a segue after that, that comment. That one was a little unhinged. We are, we are not even two minutes into this week's podcast and we're already off the rails. Um, okay, we're going to talk about the football game that happened on Friday. Let's let me let, let's discuss the game, but I also do want to hit on the stadium experience because I had a fantastic time. Um, so let's talk about the game first. Um, I think as the, the trend and theme of this season has been, again, Penn State kind of out-athleting a team that it's probably supposed to out-athlete. Um, but it was kind of one of those games which it just felt good. Like it, it felt like you got something out of the system type type deal. And I don't know what that was. Um, Cause again, like nothing is going to, nothing about this season's outcome is going to be fixed based off of that game. But I at least, I at least left feeling in a good mood um, based on what I saw from Drew um, based off what I saw, particularly from the running game even if a lot of those variables are going to be different, even come bowl season. Um, I, I just feel like that was a reassuring win for Penn state. Um, I think would be the, the best way to say it, that things are at least are, are on the right track. Um, and regardless if you fire the OC, if you fired the OC or not, like could be a lot worse than a 42 to nothing big 10 win anytime that that happens, regardless of opponent is very impressive. So that's, that's essentially how I felt about the game. Um, and I think on the flip side, it, it, a 10 and two season for Penn state is feels, I, I don't want to say a failure, but maybe a miss is a better way to say it. Um, no, it's a failure. Cause I, I think that that was what the expectation was, or at least my expectation in my opinion. Wait, but so I wait, could... I forget. Did you pick them to finish 10 and 2? Or no, I picked them to finish 11 and 1. So one loss makes the season a failure. <sighs> no, I don't know. Let me, I haven't picked an opinion yet. 
No, I, I, you're right. You're right. Like that's, let's be let rational about it. I mean, I'm not comfortable in an optimist rational hat because it's been wearing it the whole season. It's yeah, kind of getting a little tight, but 10 and two there. I mean, they were a couple plays away from two of the best teams in the country. And I get that. And they should be making those plays at some point against somebody. But if 10 and two is a failure, that's not good. And I, and I, and I said, God, five or seven years ago, when when the sanctions were going and we didn't know whether we were going to have football, I'll take seven and five as long as my team doesn't cheat, and I got a chance to to, to win something big every couple of years. So that's the land kind of I live in, and I know that's not the expectations that some people have in a higher. But this was a good season, and if anybody would have left Ford Field thinking that it wasn't a cathartic, halfway decent, somewhat enjoyable Penn State game, whatever it was, like. The only fan I can think of that would have come out of there thinking negative was that guy that walked by me at our Iowa tailgate who was swearing at us at 7 o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, they did what they were supposed to do, and it, they looked pretty decent doing it. You know. Thank you for that grounding. That was good. I, I needed that. I needed that. No, I, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I, I, there is a tinge of last year's feeling to, you know, they didn't necessarily achieve what they set out, but they didn't necessarily not achieve what they set out this season either. Um, and, and didn't, so I guess, yeah, maybe missed is better than failure. Um, and I guess the other yeah. piece for me, which maybe is, is, is more true. It's not so much rational and optimistic as perhaps not as invested as some, I mean, not to mean like, I'm not mad, crazy Penn state fan. My team finished 10 and two. Okay. That's not bad. Right. And yeah. I'm not as as angry about the stuff that somebody who's much more invested than I am, right? Because I'm not dropping money for tickets. I'm not traveling to games. I'm not doing whatever. So I, it's easy for, for me to be a little more rational. I'm like, oh, TV show's over now. It's what time is Friday night? Okay, cool. 42 nothing TV show. I can go to bed, right? So it it's easier for me to not be as passionate about it. So maybe that's why 10 and 2 fits a little easier for me. But geez, Louise, I mean, how many teams are there that are going to win 10 games this year? Well, and I think that's where I was I was going to go there is like you look at the other sideline and they went to the playoff how many years ago? You know, eight years ago. And and now look like they're Michigan State is a debacle of a program. Um, so it could be a lot worse, I guess, is what I was getting after there. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't, it, go ahead, because this is going to mess it up. So go ahead. Finish up. No, I, I just was going to say like. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the season yet. Like, I, I think even in the context of this podcast this week, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to discuss th- the season because in some ways, a lot of the season isn't over. There's, there's a couple of unknowns, whether it be the bowl game and how that results out the, the offensive coordinator hire, the Manny Diaz situation, how those all kind of shake out will actually probably be more determining of Penn State season than the record this year. That's fair. And I did a quick look. There could be probably maybe, maybe as many as 30 teams that win 10 games this year. So anyhow, um, yeah. so this was my old guy, young guy. I said I forgot it before we went on air. Mm-hmm. And this is going to screw up the show a little bit, I think, but I'm, I'm curious. <clears throat> my question about bigger than this season is, old guy, young guy, I'm an old guy. I don't, I don't have a a strong degree of confidence that Penn state will win a national championship in what remains of my lifetime. I'm curious if you think they're going to win a national championship in your lifetime. I've had two right in the eighties. 
and it was great. I don't know that they're any, I don't feel that they're pressingly close or something. They may make the playoffs next year, but I'm not sure if I had to bet money on it or something I cared about that they would win a national championship in what, in, in my lifetime. You would not bet, you would not bet a thousand dollars. No, because I don't know if they're that good. Like I, I think, I think we're, I think Penn State is that little itty bit from elite is still far enough away, and maybe that's why ten and two. I'm like, okay, this maybe I'm relegated too. Maybe I'm like, okay, this is what it is. But I don't know. Like, you got you got a what, good thirty years left at least. Hopefully, maybe forty. I always told my wife sixty five. Like I figured sixty five was a good number, but <laughs> they keep telling me that's not high enough. Jesus. But. I don't know. Like I got was thinking about that. Like I just don't know that I believe. But think about. But think about. Okay. So now Let's think about your problems. lifetime. Let's think about your lifetime specifically, right? In '94, where am I? '94. They like they. They're probably going. They might have gotten it. screwed there. They get they get screwed there. So that's yep. another one. Yep. You could argue what they are. Lloyd Carr asking for five, two seconds back from at least going to play for another one in the BCS mm-hmm. system in 2005. I don't know about 2009. Eh, maybe. 16, if Deshaun catches a pass, there should have been the playoffs. Right. They should at least have a crack at it. But it gets harder now. Like, it's easier Does to get in, though? but it gets harder to finish, doesn't it? Because you got to play. Somebody's going to have to play on the road. It could be you if you're 12, Right. There's another layer of playoff. Before, they only had to be one of two or one we, of well, one of two. And the times they won it, they were one of two. But you don't think but you don't think in the next 20 years, Penn State will be a top one or two team, which had the easiest path to the playoff or through the playoff. I think they got a better chance at playing for the national championship in my lifetime than being a one or two team. I would. I don't know if I would agree with that. I, I I think. I think part of it also sits based on where this is a little bit of a weird stretch argument, but part of it sits on where Pennsylvania sits, like quite literally, like where Pennsylvania is located in the country. You have Ohio State, and and we've kind of seen that before, where. Ohio State, think about this with Michigan, right? They're going to go to their third Big Ten title game this in a row. But they're not going to go to the, the their fifth or seventh or tenth in a row. Like that's just like that's just how every sports team, regardless pro or, or college, kind of ebbs and flows. Some years they have good years, some years they have bad years. Mm-hmm. You look at Ohio State and any right there, 2009, all the way maybe like 2000, right before 2012, kind of similar vibe. Essentially, there's at some point there's going to be a drop off, and and at some point somebody's got to kind of fill in that spot. And I think where Pennsylvania sits truly, like, is a the like Penn State until you cross the Ohio border is the beast of the East from from North Carolina all the way up to Maine. There is no school that is like it's still the franchise, so to speak, for. Eastern college football. There's a trophy. I forget what the trophy is that sits it out. So trophy. Okay, thank you. So I, I I don't know. I just think 
So in my lifetime, that is, let's, let's hope I live to 90, but you know, you got our 60 years. if I, if I make it to 85, you know, I'm okay. We're good. I've seen enough. Um, I think they win one. <laughs> this is a bizarre conversation. This is, I told you I was going to take it off question, the rails. Though. This is a great question. I think they win. I think they win at least one because I just like, like they are in the arms race category, right? Like if, if the product on the field isn't necessarily elite, they certainly are in the arms race category amongst the elite, you know, whether it be television revenue, whether it be donor support, they're not a TCU. They are not a, South Carolina, like they, they are, they're no. But even with all those resources, the product on the field isn't there, right? And and I mean, in, in comparable levels, right? So that so, and I don't think the the resources are going to be any lesser, but I think everybody's going to have them. I just the history of the Big Ten in terms of national championships. I mean, it's Florida or it's, sorry, it's Ohio State in twenty fourteen. Ohio State in twenty. 2004, right? No, 2002. And before that, Michigan tied for one. But there was a run there from like 1968 to 1997, I think it was, that there wasn't a Big Ten team because Penn State wasn't in the Big Ten team. wasn't in the Big Ten then. So even the Big Ten doesn't have a rich history. Totally from different Big Ten next year, different world. I don't know. Sorry. I knew I was going to get us off track, but I just, I just... I don't know. I think it's I think it's more reasonable that Penn State football wins a national title than Penn State basketball makes a final well, four. Oh, okay. Not national title. Yes. That's, yes. Yes. Okay. That's I've fair. I've always believed that. Well, like, yeah, I feel that's, like that's, that's a given. I mean, that's a Penn State basketball makes a final four. I'd whatever. Be amazing. Be Okay, let me hear about Ford Field. We can we can we can save the crazy ass questions for some other time. Let me hear about Ford Field. How how was it? Was it like walk I'm in? I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm still thinking about that okay. question. Try to get you, us back on track to your list slash my list I, I slash feel, your list. I, I feel confident. I do. I really feel at least what? Because otherwise, what the hell am I doing this for? Like, <laughs> well, look, like we're getting poll questions. Wait, we got to figure Cubs. out the sachet set. We got to figure out if people think in their lifetime Penn State's going to win a national championship. Okay. All right. I feel good about it. I feel better about it. Oh. I was gonna put out. A, I was gonna put out a survey yet. I haven't formulated all the questions, but I was gonna put out a survey, a, a pulse, so to speak. Maybe we will sneak that question in there. Anyways, moving on to Ford Field. Um, I, I, I am. I never want to go to an outdoor football game again. Isn't it great? It, it. This is. I know. This was my. Really, this was my second time on a cold day going to a indoor football game. Um, but something about this one just felt better because I think it was just because re- it was a regular season game. Like I was, I had no expectations and I, my expectations were absolutely floored. The stadium itself is the concourse itself looks a little dated, but they have done a great job of keeping up, I guess would be the best way to say it. So I, we got it first. The first thing to establish is they built they built this whole thing around one thing and that's clearly it's cold. So let's get you inside early. And that's in, it very clearly works because 
the concourse is packed. There were live bands. There was a big like tiki bar type area. Um, there was just like a lot going on on the concourse to get you to hang out and, and drink. We had some friends that that went the day before to the uh, Lions and Packers game. Similar, they said similar mm-hmm. setup, similar vibes there. So that's great. But the other thing that they've done is they've got walk up kiosks. Like they got they've got the like grab and go um, things that you can kind of have seen more from stadiums these days, mm-hmm. um, which is great. They've got like I didn't see a single line and that place was decently like there was a decent number of people there. That was, I didn't really see a single line that was that long. Um, they've got the new like self checkout, but you just like put the, put your drink in your mm-hmm. hot dog in this like box type thing. And it says, Oh, this is a hot dog and this is a Coke. Like, and it scans it and, and you ring it up and you don't have to talk to anybody. You can just go pay. The other thing that they had that I wish every stadium was had had is they essentially had a vending machine, like a, a, a vending machine of soda where you just walked up and you could either with your card, like insert your card or tap your card and you would just open the door, grab what you wanted. And then it would know that you grabbed one Coca-Cola because it weighed th- this mm-hmm. many pounds less. Um, and then it would just charge you that, that weight essentially. I didn't, like I said, didn't have to wait in a single line all night. Um, That's great. So that was great. The How stadium, full was it? I would say, it. I think the attendance was 52,000. Um, the lower level on our side was very full. Um, maybe not on the other side it was 100% full, but at least on our side, it felt pretty full. More blue and more white and blue or more green and white? It was It was kind of difficult to tell because the seats were blue. Um, it's, see, I was... I was surprised at the number of Michigan state people there um, just because of the season that they've had. It looked like they were kind of like they were almost latching onto this as their bowl trip or something Mm -hmm. different trip. Um, So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, Again, some of the nicest people in the country, like just the nicest fans Um, we're we're sitting there. And I think Penn state scored maybe like probably the second to last touchdown and the, the family that was sitting next to us, they were all like above 21. Um, the woman looks at me and goes, all right, time to get out of here and go get in line for the bar. And like <laughs> that, that type of vibe, like they understood what was going on. Um, so that was good. And the stadium itself, just very clear, very open sight lines. Um, the jumbotrons were fantastic. They're huge. They like they essentially take up the entire length or width of the field mm-hmm. just in, in or that big um, and at each end zone, which is nice. Uh, and the sound system in there was incredible for an indoor facility. I've been to, I feel like I've been to indoor arenas and, it, and it's just kind of tinny or it's like, we're going to turn the volume up way too much and it's not going to like, you can barely understand what it's saying that they, they did a nice job. So yeah. Um, you were in for the 2016 championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the that's my only other cold right. weather game inside. Um and I've been to Jerry World. I've been to State Farm slash University of Phoenix slash whatever Arizona Stadium's called. Uh and there's one more. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um one more indoor one that I've been to. I think that's it. Or maybe that's it. Um, but that one. For even though that one's probably was the oldest of the ones that I've been to, that one's the nicest, I think. Okay. 
makes sense. Well, I guess, yeah. It didn't feel too big. And I don't know how to just like describe that, but like State Farm Stadium feels way too big. Right. Pit, they used to pit, used to play at the Carrier Dome, obviously. Well, you know, so we go to the Carrier Dome every other year. And that was always the first time I was in there was the first indoor stadium I'd been in. And it felt small, right? Like, because all it, the, the concourses weren't big. It, was, it just felt like it was a small piece of land around the stadium. And you were right on top of the action, but it wasn't in terms of the concourses, but that was built in a different era. And that was just built to keep people warm and get them out of the weather in Syracuse. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I had a very good time. Sorry, I'm looking to see. I feel like I'm missing one. Um, State Farm, Lucas Oil. Oh, no, that, that's it. That's it on AT&T and then Friday. So that was my fourth. Um, there you go. So. But yeah, I don't know. If Penn State's going to have to play there on a Friday night, um, we go back. Like, I, I would go back. I would. And we even said, like, we were leaving the game. We were like, the next time the Steelers play up there, we are going to make the trip out there because it was it was worth it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Susan was ready to road trip there for the Super Bowl 20 years ago or whatever it was. Didn't work out. Two young kids. Instead, we had a Super Bowl party. But tickets were a little pricey, I would assume. Yeah, but we weren't going to get them tickets, so you know, we'll number two. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Sam and Danny, you're not coming. All right. Danny's um, still suffering from the one she didn't go to, so yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that you you oh, you have been to a Super Bowl. Huh? How many Super Bowls have you been to? Just one. Just that one. I covered in Pittsburgh from afar when I was working, but we went to the one in Tampa. Yeah. Took Sam. Danny had basketball practice, basketball season, and we left her behind and bought her off with an iPad, iPad, iPod. Wow. Which she still doesn't think is enough, but whatever. Some therapist will solve it for in the future. Yeah, sorry, Danny. Sorry, I. I don't know. I might. I do. I might agree with Danny a little bit, but. Oh well, team player. Ball. You can't live in the middle of the season. Come on, yeah. you can't quit. Yeah. Sounds like it's on her. All right. Um. What's your? What do you want to talk about? Bulls. I was curious how you were feeling. About. What seems to be at least some initial stuff this week, like, oh, all of a sudden Penn State might not be a, a New Year's Six team, which just seems the silliest thing in the world because they're going to – I think people are going to buy tickets, right? Like there's – I mean, it kind of goes back to the first discussion of how do you feel, what's going on. Penn State people travel, so I guess I, I, I'm just shocked by – and again, a couple early reports that may mean nothing and probably do mean nothing – but I don't know how you you could ever look at it and say, unless the championship games go south in a weird way this weekend, that Penn State isn't going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I, I, that's about where I'm at with it, too. Um, I, I think maybe the only way, and honestly, the only way I see it really, Penn State really getting screwed is if Iowa wins. Um, and I think and I think that's all just because that's kind of like contractually obligated then that that they have to take – I think they have to take the next highest ranked team or the big 10 champion winner into a new year six. Um, but I forget, I forget on that. So I, I don't know. I, I think the, like the smoke around the fact that like a couple big Penn state reporters have talked with the peach bowl um, is interesting because the peach bowl is the one that makes the most sense. Like that's the one that everybody's kind of projecting towards and you would think about it and kind of going again, back to our East coast discussion, like that's a big East coast, Eastern seaboard team. 
why wouldn't you, if you have the opportunity to get them there, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to get them there? Um, so, and I think Penn Staters would show up. I would assume that at Atlanta, I don't know how big Atlanta's alumni chapter is, but I would assume that there's a decent one. You've got everybody in Florida making the five or six hour drive up type thing. Got Even people in the lowlands of South Carolina. Well, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Just... So that one's a no brainer to me. I think, I think there's the, the thought that you could kind of get a repeat of the cotton bowl a few years ago with the, the opponent of Tulane. But I think as a college football head, like that is Tulane is very exciting to me. Like it, it'd be a good matchup. Um, certainly probably want to see a, a power five opponent in there, but I can live with, live with it. Um, I would like to go to the cotton bowl again for, because we have family down there would not like to go to the cotton bowl again to play Texas. Cause that, that would, I don't think that would end well for Penn state. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I feel pretty certain that Penn state will be spending new year's or the weekend of new year's in Atlanta. So location was my first question, I guess, in terms of the bowl business call question and then opponent was the second you kind of broached, right? Tulane good college football geek, not as sexy, but still something Texas, Alabama. Alabama would be fun because I've never seen Alabama play in person. And that's, that's just like a, I, you, I mean, you went down there to see them play. Have you and, seen Texas in person? No, it, but it, they just, for some reason, they scare me more. And I don't know why. And I think I, I have a lot of coworkers. My, my company is based out of Austin. So I have a lot of coworkers that are UT alum. And I know that they would just throw it in my face because they know that I'm a big Penn State fan. So maybe that's why. Um, I just want to see Alabama, though. I, I, okay. I don't know. Like Nick Saban's yeah, not going to be around for much longer. No, I think I think Penn State Alabama would be one. I, I think all it feels as if many Penn State fans feel like, okay, New Year's Six Bowl, give me one of those main teams. It doesn't have to be Tulane, does it? Right? Like it feels like that's the vibe, but it's the same thing as Memphis in the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago, right? And all you can do is whoever's stuck in front of you. And I, I think it, from the bowl perspective, it's about obviously it's about selling tickets because the TV revenue doesn't matter. I, I do believe i don't know if i believe strongly but i do think the ratings kind of show it. we've had this conversation i don't think penn state's a huge tv draw i think they're a sizable tv draw i don't think they're a huge tv draw no but i i do think the case in point for penn state being a huge seat in people in the seats draw is them getting the the outback bowl a few years ago and they were seven and five and probably didn't deserve the Outback Bowl. Right, right. Um, I mean, that's what Pat Kraft, if Pat Kraft's doing anything this week is that, right? It's it's selling tickets. Yeah, it's it's lobbying because I think, I don't know, I think, I think that, and that goes back to like the Peach Bowl thing. Like I, I it just feels like there's a lot in that wind of this is where it's probably going to end up. Yeah, I think uh, them reaching out to talk to the folks in the media beat and talk about stuff, talk to people who cover the team, making themselves available makes it feel like trying to make sure you know we love you too so um oh fun to watch wherever it's at i'm excited if that is the case to go back to the aquarium because the aquarium is great i highly recommend the aquarium um okay let's uh let's breathe through our penn state potpourri section uh usually most people have a great trip to disney penn state basketball had a bad trip to disney (laughs) uh lost three games uh including one to uh the free previous employer of one Mike Rhodes uh, VCU on Sunday. And they kind of also like 
I know they at least lost Kanye Cleary uh, during that game. Um, I know there were some other injuries kind of going around. Uh, all in all, kind of a crappy first little test for Penn State basketball, but I'm not terribly worried um, just because they, I feel like they are showing a little bit of promise more so than anything anything else. Uh, so that's, that's my Penn State. They got, they got athletes and players. I mean, I don't think Baldwin's. I think he's as good as we thought he was going to be. Yeah, and I don't know right that now he's, at least, but he might be the the best of of my island of misfit toys pitch that saved Pittsburgh analogy, right? Like, there's pieces there that if they were super good, they wouldn't have come from where they were, right? So right. they've got to figure out how to make that stuff fit. Um, and, and you know, hey, I'm glad people are excited. I'm excited. Hope they do well. And I was kind of all right with VCU winning. I mean, not we're gonna we're gonna take all the stuff from your program. Snub our nose, thumb our nose at you and whatever else. Oh, we have to play you now? Like, you know those folks that were motivated. And the kids that didn't come weren't invited to come by Rhodes, right? Like, clearly right. he made a decision yeah. not to invite them, right? So I when, when I saw that they were getting them at 1030 in the morning for the last game, I'm like, oh, they're going to have three losses down there. And I, good for them, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think the future of Penn State's basketball is okay, but good for them in getting that one because sometimes karma's tough. Well, and I think... No, that's a good point. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that. I know part of the deal when Mike Rhodes came to Penn State is part of the buyout deal or whatever is that Penn State now has to schedule a game with them, which I think is coming next year. Um, but yeah, I have to I have to imagine like for as pressure packed as Penn State football is in terms of the games that they play and what losses mean. That's a good point. You're right, and. It's kind of nice to see that in the college sport, sports world of somebody getting picked yeah, I mean, on and good, good for them. On like, them you know, they, they yeah. somebody took all their toys and they came back and said, "Here you go." So, yeah, and I, it's not, it's not like it's hurting the long term prospects. No, after. right, exactly, exactly. Okay, um, Penn State women's soccer had a nice little tournament run. I should mention that. Um, my hot take with Penn State women's soccer is this: it's the most underappreciated. Uh, program on campus in terms of the athletic teams uh, just point blank consistently a top 15 team in the country every year pretty much always makes the tournament pretty much always makes a deep run in the tournament even if they aren't accomplishing anything so why are they underappreciated because people you, don't go or what do you uh, have you have you seen jeffrey field Yes, I've been. I did go with the dog, and we stood outside the gate because I didn't think we could sneak the dog in like they snuck that dog into the football game. Um, yeah, you're right, and it's free. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do get decent attendance, and I think the people that know about it do go and do care. Um, but I think, I think for, for kind of go back to our geographical conversation earlier. Or as landlocked and as cold as Pennsylvania is, to have this sustained presence in the national footprint the way Erica Dombach's team have had over the last however many years is, is I would say, I think Russ Rose's, Russ Rose, then Kale Sanderson, but then Erica solidly, you know, in terms of achievements at Penn State because of just what they've done. So. Yeah, and I think I think Russ and Erica 
have made the most of what the Big Ten was, the Big Ten move was. Like they were two of the biggest beneficiaries. And accordingly, as the dominoes fall, other Big Ten women's programs were huge beneficiaries of Penn State coming in and setting a standard that they had to achieve to. Because if it weren't for Penn State being as good as they as it was in those two sports, other programs wouldn't have to try to keep up. Women's volleyball, I think, is a testament to it. I was you just know, gonna say that Penn Volleyball's State elevated that conference volleyball program to a part where now point where Penn State's got to get its stuff together to to be consistently good again because it was beating teams and taking names for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even and and even after Nebraska joined, right? Like that was all that was and still is the rivalry or one of the core rivalries of the sport. And no, you're a hundred percent right. Like it is so much tougher to win in the big 10 now when it comes to volleyball. And a lot of that is largely because Penn state has got this great volleyball program and got to keep up with it somehow type thing. So, yep. um, and speaking of them, they're uh, a five seed headed to, to, to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, in the, the first round. Um, it is nice to feel like that program has, as you mentioned, kind of, kind of struggled a little bit in the first kind of year or two after Russ. Now they're they're much more stable. Like I feel like they're they're restabilizing, and now what can they do next? Well, I think she's got to get her. I mean, she gets her kids or gets the kids that stuck around, figured out, and gets some more. And you know, who's going to take a chance on her and prove she's good? Because there's a lot more good teams out there than there were before. Um, but I, I think they're they're back on the upswing. Um, I think they should probably win this weekend and they'll end up going to, to Madison for the next weekend and see how it goes. I did want to, I did, we didn't discuss this on the podcast yet this year and, and I, it feels like a little bit of a miss, but I do want to discuss it now. Um, the numbers that were coming out of, of particularly Nebraska women's volleyball, but just really women's volleyball in the big 10 on the big 10 network in general were like out, outstanding. And like, there were times when NHL like playoff games weren't even, pulling the numbers that that they were performing i i maybe we've just been all saying this maybe we are brainwashed by the fact that penn state has a very good women's team and a very good men's team but it really feels like there's a lot more groundswell and a lot more tide raising of volleyball as a sport in this country um and i i'm interested that's like if you were going to say okay in 20 years what do you think is a top five sport i think volleyball can find its way in there it's just men's or women's which probably more so women's than men's so i don't know i I think that's my thoughts there i am surprised i I will say and i've I've said this a couple times like tweeted this a couple times i am really surprised if penn state is looking was allegedly looking for another women's sport to add that they haven't figured out a way to put the beach volleyball um system in essentially just be simple i mean not I mean, simple it would be the, the most cost effective of any additions right that's what it that's feels all. like yeah fewer players find a location to do it and and go at it so be interesting I, I didn't know that they were ever thinking i mean i thought they were happy at 31 and hopeful just to keep the 31 they got sufficient but we'll, see. well and i think i think the other one that obviously is like women's wrestling that seems like that might have a little bit more of a I know. I think Lockhaven has a team, right? Um, yeah, I think so. And, yeah, and, it, it it was funny. I went to the um, the National Wrestling Coaches All Star Classic t- last Tuesday. So typically, the top two guys at each weight in the country go to some neutral site and wrestle. And they had four women's matches in advance of the men's matches at a at a 
I assume sold out, but not fully attended rec hall. Like the corners were still empty. And and they had the four women's matches were, I mean, there was no Penn Staters involved, obviously, nobody from the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club because they were collegiate stuff. So there was, you know, polite interest, right? And then the, then the regular, you know, the, the men started, it was different. So, and Pennsylvania just sanctioned high school wrestling. So it could be there and they've got the facility and whatever else. They're just more athletes. If they were to ever do that, then yeah. it probably would be a beach volleyball in, top, in terms of cost. Yeah. And so those are some thoughts kicking around the old head. Anything else you want to add this week on uh, on those segments? Uh, so just a quick potpourri. Um, any sense early on of what you're seeing from afar women's basketball? I feel I. Or is it too I, early to tell? It's still slightly, maybe a hair too early to tell, because they haven't won big yet. They almost beat USC, and that would have been like one of the big wins. But I feel like Caroline's got the program. Going back in the way of Kelly Mazanti era. Like I okay. I feel like it it's not out of the question to for them to make the tournament this year. And that used to be the expectation, particularly around the, the people that are over your right shoulder, that type of era. Yep. Um so I'm hopeful, I guess would be the best way to okay. say that. I think that's fair. I just didn't didn't know what a sense you were getting. And I, I haven't really invested. I did some numbers on wins through the first five seasons and where they're at. And I think they need to get to 14 overall, the best what happened last year. And I think they think that's going to happen. They're at six already. It'd be interesting to see what, ha- what happens when conference play begins. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm like very cautiously optimistic. I think is it investment. That's fair. Okay. All right. This week's old guy, young guy. There's been much made in the media slash mainly on my TikTok and uh, Reels feed this week (laughs) about uh, Black Friday and the the Black Friday of yesteryear when people used to line up at 4 a.m. and go and punch other people for televisions or Tickle Me Elmo's or whatever product was the hot toy that year. So here's what I want to know. Not if Steve has ever punched anybody on Black Friday morning, but has Steve or did Steve ever line up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? No. Hard no. No, No, I think Susan, the girls went one year at like six, maybe like, God, it's probably been 10 or 12 years ago. It wasn't really a thing. Like it was, I mean, I, I it wasn't a thing in our household, right? Like, because Susan was like, that's just silly. Like, no, like I'm not going to go do that for a waffle iron, right? Like it just... Whatever. Um, I don't know. And she's just not consumer driven that way. Right. So I don't think the girls were as much. And then we were on that cusp. Like it was, I mean, I think she went a couple of times with people just to say, Hey, they did it, but it wasn't like they were like racing down the aisles to do something or do whatever else. It was just, okay. Look at the crazy people we saw that were willing to do that, but that's not us. Um, and then we were on that cusp of, well, it's right here on the computer. Like, why do I need to go do that craziness? And even if it's a couple dollars more expensive than I didn't drive the vehicle there, I didn't waste the gas, I didn't waste whatever. So, yeah, not so much. Do, would, you, would you have liked to have go back in time and experience that little slice of Americana? I I'm try, I was trying to think about this earlier when I, brought, when I thought about this question. I don't remember us ever getting up early and going, but there were, t- there were a couple of times where we would go out and shop on Black Friday. And I just remember like the Logan Valley Mall being – the just like every single person in the state of Pennsylvania being in the Logan Valley mall. <laughs> um, 
that being said, I don't, I can't remember ever wanting to wake up early for something. I can remember laughing or even being like, why would you do that at a younger age of get up at at 3 a.m. and go wait? Like, I know that there were family members that would leave Thanksgiving dinner and then go wait at Walmart or at Yeah, and there was what, a couple of years, four or five years ago, stuff was open Thanksgiving night for specials yeah. like as, as, as the retailers were trying to figure out how to do their marketing and beat online stuff and do stuff differently. It just, I mean, I, I'm more likely to get up at O Dark 30 and go tailgate, right? Or, yeah. Or, yeah, or wait online for tickets to come online for a concert, on sale for a concert, right? And just refresh and wait for my turn, like kind of thing than I am. Would as it was ever to go shop and do that stuff. Okay, I was just curious. I I didn't, I didn't think you were. I didn't know if Susan and the girls were, but no, Susan's just not that. I don't know, not that retail motivated, right? Like I think I she's. I don't know good. if there was ever anything that I was like, I need to have it. I need to have it on Black Friday, or would have been. And right. and now I just I'm like I'm just gonna order it. Like I just. I mean, I think once or twice they might have gone out. She might have gone out and came back with like a TV. I'm like, what? What's why is this little TV? So it was fifteen dollars. Like we'll stick it for we'll use it for whatever, right? Like it was like I'm like okay, and it's still actually in one of the rooms down here, so I'm sure. There you, you know, go. There you go. All right, uh, that's a, that is it for this week's show. What a wild ride it was. Um, I think we will do a newsletter. I'm thinking maybe Thursday we'll send that out because that would be like when we would send our pregame thing. But there's not going to be a pregame thing this week. Um. I'm going to send out a little survey, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, just kind of some thoughts on get your thoughts on the state of Penn State football. And that that won't just include um, X's and O's stuff. I, I want to also include kind of our core tenets of the fan experience and, you know, the TV experience as well. I think that's that's something I want to want to hear people's opinions on. Now, of course, you guys all have them. So appreciate those. Other than that, then we got a bowl game to talk about. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, so once that's all decided. So uh, let's wrap up the show. Um, we've got, oh, and uh, no, wait, never mind. Black Friday sale will be over. Cyber Monday sale should be over by the time this article comes out. So our video video comes out. So can't cash in on that. But if you so are if going, you missed it, still go order some regular price stuff because it's good stuff. Yeah. And make sure you do it sooner rather than later. The company that manages does the production oh and fulfillment. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, they said December 9th is the cutoff uh, if you want it. If you want it on the regular shipping for under the the Christmas tree. Um, so put those elves in a position to succeed and order early. Yes, I would order right now. Uh, you can do that by going to stuffsummersays.com backslash the stuff. Also on that website, there is a section called stuffsummersays.com backslash with Steve. With Steve. Um, we have emails. Mine is Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve's is Steve at stuffsummersays.com. I love that when you do it first because then I remember to do it the right way. Proud of you. Um, five stars, thumbs up, subscribe. Somewhere. I, I'm struggling with pointing today. Somewhere down there. Um, or if you're listening in the audio format, five stars on the app. Um, uh, other than that, we have Twitter handles. Mine is at Steph Summer says Steve's is at Steve Sampson. We're out of here. Okay, bye.